You know, beginning this week, of course, we enter the season of family gatherings, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Sports, politics, religion are hot topics that arise often at our table conversations, right? Each of these topics, though, can clear a room, but religion can have some of the strongest reactions. So here's the scenario. You're sitting at the dining room table at Thanksgiving, minding your own business, and then somebody across the table says, so, why do you believe in Jesus? You don't think too much, and you just say, well, because anyone who does not believe in Jesus is going to hell. Well, that will get the crowd going. Of course, scripturally, this statement can be supported. But is it the best answer? Here are a few questions to think about. Did Jesus come into our world only to enable you and me to make the cut when we die? Might there be a much wider focus to his mission amongst us? Eternal life is critical, yes. But are there reasons for faith which may better resonate with our family members? I believe there are. And I believe that Jesus is... Jesus gives us an answer to these questions in our scripture passage today. And we're looking at the Gospel of Matthew. If you have your Bible and you want to turn to it, it's at the chapter 4, verse 17. And I'll set it up for you. Jesus has entered into his mission. He has just come from the Jordan River where he was baptized by John the Baptist. Then he went off into the wilderness and was tempted by Satan successfully moving away from those temptations, he goes into the world to begin his mission. And he starts this way. He begins, Matthew says, he began his ministry preaching. And this is what he preached. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is Jesus' mission statement. And these are simple words, yet with huge implications for life, living, and eternity. Jesus coming into our world brings to humanity not only life eternal, but access to also live within the kingdom of heaven as we live our mortal lives. Living within the kingdom of heaven here and now is called kingdom living. Kingdom living is a living every day with a focus on God. Living as God wants us to live. Striving to be the person he made us to be. So Jesus announcing the kingdom of heaven has come invites us to enjoy the benefits of living as his people. Not only for eternity, but also as we live. And you know, kingdom living is often viewed as being very attractive. And you know, it it is. So we're going to take a look at kingdom living. But you know, the passage starts with what? Repent. So we need to pay attention to the entire passage. And so let's first turn our attention to repentance. 
You know, it's interesting that Jesus links kingdom living with living a life of repentance. Repentance means more than just being sorry for something you did, something you said, or something you caused to happen. Repenting is having godly sorrow for sin in our lives. More specifically, repenting is turning from living with a worldly focus to living with a focus on God. The Bible teaches that there's a difference between having godly sorrow and what Paul calls worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow is sorrow for sin. A deep remorse because sin is a direct offense and an affront to God. Worldly sorrow, well, worldly sorrow is sorrow for actions, but it has nothing to do with God. God is not even considered. Usually we have worldly sorrow because we got caught. It has nothing to do with God. Paul writes about this, the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. In 2 Corinthians, he says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. And it leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings what? Death. Now, most of us here, most of us here, have made the prayer asking God to forgive our sins and to come into our lives as well. Come into our lives as Lord. So, is there anyone here that did that and then immediately stopped sinning and hasn't sinned since? Please do not raise your hand. You would be sinning and have blown a perfect record. I was reading in Proverbs today, I read... Every day, if it's the date, it's today is the 20th, so I read the 20th proverb. It's just something I do. And I came upon something that God wrote in Proverbs through Solomon. He says, who can say I have kept my heart pure and I am clean without sin? Nobody can. So godly sorrow involves hating our sins. We know that our sins offend God, and you know what? We know we want to stop, don't we? Our sins, though, can sometimes be repetitive. And for various reasons, we feel unable to stop them. And continuing to repeat various sins, we can feel trapped in that sin. And when we're trapped in that sin, we have this nagging feeling of a lack of peace in our lives. And what happens is rather than having a focus on, the ma- focus on the majesty of God, we may be instead focusing on our own desires. And these desires can be anything, but they distract us from our attention to focusing on God. True godly sorrow only happens when we put living to please God ahead of living to please ourselves. Repentance is turning away from or breaking the habit of self 
self-focus. Self-focus that can lead to sin. And sometimes we can do this on our own, but we cannot always break these habits on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. And we have this power available to us. The Holy Spirit living in us empowers us to continually repent and turn from sin. So on every day of our lives, we need to embrace this power. And then as we live our lives, we will gradually grow to be more like Jesus. We just need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to help us grow away from sin, to help us to grow to be ever more like the people God wants us to be. Here's the main point about repentance. Jesus, our sovereign Lord, came to save us and to make a way for us to have eternal life. And he has sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to repent, turning away from sin. But Jesus also came to teach us how to live and enjoy our lives here and now, today. Living as people of the kingdom of heaven here and now, as we live our day-to-day lives, is called kingdom living. So let's turn our subject to the let's turn our focus to the subject of kingdom living. First, consider who is our king? Well, it's Jesus. And he's the king of heaven. Apostle John establishes Jesus' divinity in the first chapter of his gospel. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what John wrote. Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, Jesus came into our world to teach us how to live a godly life. And that life, a a godly life is that life that God wants us to have and wants us to live. Jesus' teachings and the way he lived set a perfect example for us to follow. And you know, he comes to each one of us where we are, and as we become followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God guides our life. And the Holy Spirit guards our life and provides for us this hunger that our spirits have for change and for being. Our spirits are hungry for godly living. And the Holy Spirit brings this to us, informs us. Jesus offers himself to all humanity as God's doorway into life that is a truly fulfilling life. Jesus said, I have come that they, or you, may have life and have it to the full. 
He offers us life within the kingdom of heaven as we live our lives as his followers. And you know, the existence of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is not a new revelation given to us by by Jesus. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is eternal. It's been existing from eternity, long before the creation of our world. And his kingdom will never fail It will go on for eternity. David writes of this in Psalm 145. We wrote it earlier. He says, all your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. So that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. And here it comes. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures through all generations. You know, people sometimes ask us, well, where is heaven? Well, Jesus' revelation of God's kingdom is is that it's not located at some place far off, apart from our reality. Rather, the kingdom of heaven is ever-present. It surrounds us. It's here in this room with us today. It's everywhere. If there were space people, astronauts in the, in the capsule going to the moon right now, God is with them in that capsule. God is ever present throughout the, the universe. Jesus said it kind of really interestingly. He said, the kingdom of God is in your midst. At any time... God's angels, God's armies, God himself can instantly be revealed and seen. We're heading into the Christmas season and we'll be hearing about the shepherds that were out in the field and all of a sudden, the heavenly hosts appeared in the sky saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. The Bible tells us that God's armies are massive. And be called out. You know, David writes in Psalm 69, he says, the chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. And Jesus said that his armies were available at his call. At the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was being arrested, he told his disciples to stand down. He said, Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? And I'm talking about God just himself appearing. How about the disciples in the room after resurrection? They're all by themselves and boom, Christ is there. And Thomas bows and says, my Lord and my God. See, the kingdom of heaven is right amongst us. We need to have that focus as we live our lives. Now, bringing the full power of God and his armies is what the Jewish nation anticipated for the Messiah. Rather than coming as a powerful warrior Messiah and ushering in the kingdom of judgment, Jesus made an amazing new revelation. Before the heavenly kingdom comes in power, Jesus teaches that the kingdom has first come in grace. 
Jesus, the Son of God, has ushered in the kingdom of God. But here's something that is kind of sad. Jesus has ushered in the kingdom of God, but the kingdom can be resisted. I've been reading a book called The Divine Conspiracy written by a Christian philosopher named Dallas Willard, and this is what he writes, because he says it right. He writes, the earthly, social, and political realms, along with the human heart, are the only places in all creation where the kingdom of God or his effective will is currently permitted to be absent. Isn't that sad? The human heart may not have the kingdom of God present in it. But that's why Jesus came, he said, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come. With repentance for our sins and a commitment to live as a disciple of Jesus, we can live now within the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, as followers of Jesus. So what do we do with this? How does this apply to our daily life? That's the question you always want to answer when you encounter scripture well scripture is clear there are ways to live that line up with the teachings of Jesus and we've been calling it kingdom living Jesus commands us to live our lives centered on his teachings and his teachings are readily available his teachings are throughout scripture but they're masterfully presented in the sermon on the mount found in Matthew's gospel Following these teachings completely, if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, to follow those teachings completely is no easy feat. And some may even seem, feel that it's unrealistic or even impossible. But striving to live and follow the Sermon on the Mount teachings, that is living the life of a disciple. Striving to follow these teachings. You're living the life of a disciple. Now, the Lord's Prayer can also be a daily prayer for guiding us and helping us strive towards the kingdom of living. When you pay attention to the words of the Lord's Prayer and the segments of the prayer, it helps you focus on being a person of God. You may decide to wake up each morning and ask God to be with you as you move through the day. And I'd like to just share with you as a friend and as your pastor something that's happened with me over the past year or so. I've developed a new habit. It's a simple habit, but I want to share it with you because it's been very meaningful to me. We all wake up in the morning and we slide up and we put our feet on the floor. Stand up or sit. I usually sit and my feet are on the floor. And my habit is this. I go before God and I thank him for a new day. Now because I'm old and I'm worrying about Alzheimer's and things like that, I remind God the date and the day. And I also might recite to him, yeah, I'm going to be preaching today, so I really want you to be with me today, Lord. But here's the main focus of my daily prayer before I even stand up. 
I say, God, will you let your spirit shine through mine as I live my day to day? It makes me emotional talking about it, but you know, it's the truth. I ask him, please let your spirit come through mine as I speak, as I listen, as I use my eyes. In every way that I live, please let your spirit come through me. Now, those are words, I've said the words a hundred different ways, but the essence is asking God's spirit to come through mine as I live my life. I want to be a man of God. I want to be the way God designed me to be when he created me. I just want to toss that out, give you an idea of an application. It's been very meaningful to me. But you know, it's kind of funny how scripture sometimes really cements something that you want to say, right? The same Proverbs, chapter 20, reading this morning, verse 27, Solomon wrote this, he said, the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. Isn't that what you want in life? Is you want the person who God created you to be to be the person that is living in this world. The person who's interacting with the world, with your friends and your neighbors, folks you work with. The folks who are lost may be in sin. God wants you to be who you were meant to be, to live in this world. And you know, of course, Jesus said, I'm going to send, I'm going to ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And that's the Holy Spirit that we've talked about this morning. And you know what? I like to think of it this way, you know. The Holy Spirit's aid is kind of like what happens when I steer my car. I put effort into turning the wheel, but the power steering pump aids me in the operation. And I turn better, and I drive better, and I drive safer when it's just not me alone, when I have the Holy Spirit with me. So call on the Holy Spirit continually for his power for kingdom living because it's a beautiful way to live. Heed the call of our Lord, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And before we go to prayer, let's go back to the Thanksgiving table. Where somebody asks you, hey, why do you believe in Jesus? What might a better approach be? It could be anything. Anything would be better than what I said earlier. But you could say something like this. You could say, well, of course, The Bible says that followers of Jesus will someday go to heaven, and you know, that's important to me. But what matters greatly to me also is a sense of peace I have living as a follower of Jesus. As I do my best to live according to Jesus' teaching, I find it helps me be who I think I really am. And I think that pleases God, 
And if that pleases God, that's what I want to do. Now, I still may clear some people from the table, but some might stick around to hear a little more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, before the creation of the world, you knew who I was to be. You knew how everyone in this room was to be. You know, you knew that we were precious in your eyes. And you knew also that we would turn away from worldly focus into a godly focus. But God, as we do that, I ask you to have the Holy Spirit remind us to every day have that focus. To not just be excited about heavenly kingdom after we die. That's wonderful, God. We are so appreciative and grateful for eternal life, but grateful for the opportunity to live here and now within the kingdom of God, within the kingdom of heaven having your lamp shine through our light, our spirit's light as we live in this world. Please, Holy Spirit, do that for us. And help us to remember every day to call out to you for that aid. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.